This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. I saw so many memes and people post and everything about the new year, and it said, hey, now that it's the new year, that means it's time for baseball. And so we're about six weeks out from pitchers and catchers reporting. What is your current excitement level for the, well, I I was going to say the world champion Texas Rangers, but I feel like I can go to cut number 11 and somebody can say it better for me. Probably. Two balls, two strikes. Spores, kicks, and fires. He struck him out looking. It's over. It's over. The Rangers have won the World Series. Ranger fans, you're not dreaming. The Rangers are the World Series champions. After 52 years in Texas, 63 years of the franchise, the wait is over, and the celebration has begun. All right, and so... That always a good reason to just play that again. And then a reminder. It still at times doesn't feel super real, but yes. go ahead about this Tuesday. I, I was going to say, Josh Smith and the man who threw that very pitch right Eric there. Eric Nadell. <laughs> Don't you feel like Eric Nadell threw that Yes, pitch? a little bit. Is Josh Spores will be here, 4131 North Central Expressway, down in our showroom. We'll be doing an event from 6 to 8 p.m. In addition to them being there, they're going to be signing autographs. The World Series trophy is going to be there. It's an extravaganza, so you should come out and see us and hang out. That is on Tuesday. From the 940, just teared up again. And, Kevin, I put on my uh, World Series hoodie that I got at Christmas for the first time uh, this morning. I I was like, all right, today is the day I will wear it. And I, there was a little bit of, like, puffing the chest out as I was walking around in that thing going, man, yeah, we did. And I told Adrian this morning, I said, it's really weird to me how every time, because I had it on, and Adrian said, it looks good. And I said, thanks. And she goes, because the Rangers won the whole damn thing. And I was like, yes, they True. did. We won. And it's just funny to me how I can be in a bad mood and say that, and it changes everything. Like It, it's, it reminds me. And it's really weird. They won. This is the first one they won. This is the first time that trophy's been ours. And so it just feels really good. So my excitement level has not changed very much. But I do realize that this is a time now where this is the toughest part. This is the toughest part for Chris Young. This is the toughest part for Bochi. That was last year's team and last year's roster. And it's time to look ahead to this year's team and this year's roster and how you become, how you go through 162 again plus playoffs to get back to that point. It's long, it's arduous, it's difficult. It's not going to be easy. And, Kevin, there was a time, a stretch in last year's season, where the Rangers were the best team in baseball. Agreed. Like, and I know they the are. For 60 games, I don't know who. Somebody probably had a better record than 40 and 20, but the first 60 They were games, right there with the Rays. And, yeah. and so you felt like you were like, wow, it looks so easy right now. It might be, it might be different. You know, this year might be very different. As we were discussing earlier, the road to it might be a lot more difficult this time because you have to get your brain ready to do it again. The whole team has to get their brain ready to be consistent on a daily basis, be Evan Carter, 3-2 count every time they go up to the plate. Like, those types of things 
and somehow also figure out how to get pitchers. From the 682, and this feeds into that, I just think this point person will be disappointed. I'm a 6 out of 10 excitement level right now. We'll go to 9 out of 10 when they sign Hader and re-sign Montgomery. I think you are going to end up being disappointed yeah. about that. However, I don't think their offseason is over, but I think I was just reading about Josh Hader. And they're thinking that his number is going to have to become below $100 million. And in the article, it even talks about Bally Sports and the Rangers and says, maybe if it gets down to a certain number, the Rangers can get into the competition, but they're not in the Josh Hader competition at the number he wants. Yeah, I agree. And after winning the World Series, again, it does become the, hey, we were good enough to get there, but were we? are we good enough to do it again? Is just throwing money at some of the guys that are great going to be the the reason we get back there? I, you can't guarantee that. There's no guarantee that you throw all the money at a relief pitcher and you're back in the World Series because of it. And this article probably speaks to some people's concerns. And I admit, when I read this article, it got me like really fired up for the start of baseball again. But here's the concerning part. Evan Grant put out an article as way too early look at the 2024 Rangers roster. And he did the projections. Here's the starting pitchers. Mike and I did a little bit of this yesterday too, yeah. Nathan Evaldi, John Gray, Andrew Heaney, Dane Dunning, and Cody Bradford. I have a feeling people aren't going to be super pumped about that. Why? Uh, Name one reason not to be pumped. Cody Bradford gave up one home run the whole playoffs and zero runs every other time. Yeah. Well, I feel like even in the run, right? I mean, Max Scherzer wasn't there for most of it, but you did have Jordan Montgomery, and then you had Max Scherzer coming back, and now Montgomery most likely, I hope he is still a Ranger, he's still out there, most likely isn't coming back. Max Scherzer, you're hoping after the All-Star break comes back? Yep. Did you? Did you? Do you feel like you got the best that you could possibly get out of Dunning last year, or do you think there's another step for him? I hope he repeats. Yeah. I don't know okay. if there's another step, but that. I'm hoping if he can for 20 starts next year, let's say, and he's been a healthy guy. I'm not saying not that he can't do more than 20, but you're hoping after around that, you do have yeah. DeGrom and Scherzer yeah. and, and, and Malley and possibly Kershaw and maybe a trade or whatever, is that for those 20 starts, if he can put a, up an ERA under four for his 20 starts – that gives you a good chance to win with this offense. And this is this is ridiculous from the 619. No no star power. If you're saying no star power on this Rangers team, I I don't know what to tell you. I don't know if you missed what happened last yeah, year. Yeah, I don't know if you remember the MVP vote. Yeah, but also here's something that will get people fired up. Evan Grant's projection for the outfield. Evan Carter Eddie Tavares, Travis Jankowski, Adolis Garcia, and Wyatt Lankford. I like that. He says, with each day, it becomes more apparent that Lankford is part of the Rangers' plan for 2024. Is Jankowski signed longer, or are they expecting to bring him back? Bring him back. Gotcha. Okay. I would love to bring him back. I think he's a valuable... Yes. The thing is, last year, the Rangers don't make the playoffs without the depth that they had. In a weird way... And I know like they won the championship. 2010 and 2011, the depth on those teams was not good. When the Rangers had an injury or something happened, they had a great nine-man lineup. I'm not taking anything away from the 10 and 11 nine-team lineup. But remember when you'd have to go to 
a bench player or you, yeah. you'd have to kind of go deeper onto your team besides your starting nine. It was like, dude, these guys can't help. And here, Jankowski helped. Ezekiel Duran, as of now, maybe he is your starting DH, you know, but he really helped last year. I feel like bringing Jankowski back, Ezekiel Duran, hopefully getting back to his first half season rather than the second half season, bringing in one other guy, you're going to have to bring in a catcher, I think, to help out your situation. And so for that is the projection was Kurt Caselli, the free agent. I think he might have been on the Reds. Yeah, but like that's I don't know. That's a backup kind of guy, but that's probably what you're looking at. And then we've talked a lot about wading into the trade market and everything like that. Is what I like about this is I've seen a lot of people thinking that all the success is going to carry over for Corey Seager. Now I realize a big part of this is also because Shohei Otani went to a different league, but time and again. You've seen people already predicting, including MLB.com, who had their one prediction for every team in the upcoming season. Corey Seager wins the MVP. He might miss a month, uh, not maybe not in full, but like sure. throughout the whole season, it might he might miss some time. But I think you're going to get the same type of production. The dude goes up there with the same mentality every time. The thing is, and look, he had all team figures out how to get it. He had protection in LA too. I'm not saying he's never had protection, right? But if you look at what he has around him, whether it's Marcus Simeon in front of him or Evan Carter in front of him, or you do have Josh Young and Adolis Garcia and possibly Wyatt Lankford has a great rookie year. I still don't know if Wyatt Lankford, just going back real quick, I don't know if he makes the opening day roster, yeah. but I do believe he's going to help you out in 24 because if he doesn't have a great spring training, it's fine to send him to AAA for a month to make sure everything's ready to go. How, I didn't want to go in too much depth on Langford right now, but do should we at some point this week or maybe next week discuss like that at a deeper at a deeper place? Because yesterday we had a really good conversation off air. About I th- it. I think probably so too because another thing is if you go back to Grant saying this, it becomes clearer and clearer that he is part of their 2024 plans. If he's part of their 2024 plans, it ain't to be a platoon right. outfielder, and that means you're going to facilitate the departure. I would assume, unless you go full DH with him, which I guess is possible, I would assume that that would facilitate a trade to potentially address some of the weaker spots of your team. Yeah, and I would say this. I think Wyatt Langford fails as a designated hitter. I'll put that out there. He's been a position player his whole life. Now, I know he's only 21 or maybe now 22 years old, but it is not easy to be a guy who's used to being engaged in a game all game long to then go, Go sit on the bench for 90% of this game Mitch and then Garver. just come on up here and get a hit. Mitch, like Mitch Garver dealt with the prop process of that. Yeah. And then when Heim got hurt, he was catching every day. And got even better hitting. And so he got better at hitting. He, he was back in the flow of it. And then so he was like, oh, this is what I have to do as a hitter to stay yeah. on that. So I think Mike's got a, a really good point so, there. So I don't even think Wyatt Lankford will be on the team as a designated hitter. To your point, I think he's going to be an everyday outfielder when they decide to put him on the team, whether it's day one on opening day or whether it's day 45. Yeah. into the season Wyatt Langford will be playing every day in your outfield same thing with Evan Carter uh, and that's that's where it becomes this interesting thing over the next six weeks or during the season is if Wyatt Langford's an everyday outfielder and Evan Carter's an everyday outfielder and let's be honest 
you're still building around Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, but that's your new core two guys you're building fr- the franchise around. Is Carter and Langford is what you're building around future-wise. Now-wise, it's Seager and Simeon, those two guys helping out. Hopefully, two to three years from now, you're like, we're building this whole thing around Langford and Carter because they are superstars. And hopefully young. Like I, I And Josh, I should say that, too. I'm sorry just to take him out of that. I, I, and I know not a lot of superstardom gets focused strictly on defense, but I got to say, he was way better defensively than I thought he was yeah, going to. Yes, to that, and we saw the drop-off in defense whenever he wasn't on the field, whenever right. you had to put Duran over there or whoever else. So, yeah, so I do think that Chris Young still has a tough decision, and after what he did, I'm I'm with you. I don't think you can really float Adolis Garcia's name out there. I just think that it yeah. would destroy the Ranger fans, and in a way, the chemistry of the clubhouse, too. You know, if you are, if if us three are Simeon, Seager, and let's just say Jonah Heim, another veteran guy on the team that's going to be here for sure next year and probably the next few years. If they traded Adolis Garcia away, and I don't know all of their personal relationships with Adolis, but you'd feel kind of down, wouldn't you? If yes. you're like, dude, this dude, without him, we don't get past the Houston Astros 100%. And without his home run in game one, I'm not sure if we win game one in the 11th inning there. And so you just start going, hey, for the camaraderie of the team, I should have Adolis Garcia on the opening day roster, not only for the fans, but for the players too. Agreed, agreed, agreed. I love this question. But if Wyatt Langford starts the big league roster, starts on the big league roster on opening day, or even close to opening day, who do you got to win rookie of the year? Him or Evan Carter? Like it's, they lo- just have to yeah. share it. What a great problem to have. Yeah. You're like, all right, it's those two, and then there's a giant gap to everyone else, and I hope they finish. Well, one, I do two. think Jackson Holiday is going to be a heavy That's favorite. Probably, okay, I could see that. That not a heavy favorite over Langford and Carter, but it'll be a three man race yeah. to start the year and see where it goes. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. What I learned, Corey, is a lot of people are very excited, even the people who are concerned, which you have every right to be concerned. I think we all get that. I think we can spend a segment a day on the Rangers every day. I think you're probably right, especially Tuesday when Josh Smith and Josh Spores will be here along with the World Series trophy from 6 to 8 in our showroom, 4131 North Central Expressway. You don't got to sign up. You just got to show up if you want to check that out. Coming up next. You don't have to be here, but you got to stay <laughs> I messed here. that up. That in Wales. <laughs> you don't have to go home. <laughs> Giant. You don't have to leave. I, when I went and listened back to that, I was but like, you gotta go. I don't know how I messed that up so poorly. <laughs> Sorry, that was your one mistake yeah, last year. That's last year. Like, think about that. Two, 2023, you had one mistake in your life. And it was y'all, late in the year. Y'all have already this, said I burned <laughs> off my 24 mistake. You're very, you got you to walk in a thin yeah, line right now. Look back at 2019 Cowboys schedule. Coming up next, assuming the Cowboys get the number two seed, who is your preferred First round playoff opponent, 877-881-1053. We'll fire that up next right here on The Fan. Goff is under center. Receiver comes in motion from right to left. Goff will fake it and throw. That's picked off. It's picked off by Jordan Lewis as he threw it out to the left. Trying to throw the ball back to Montgomery, and Jordan Lewis comes up with the Cowboys' first turnover in the last three games. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Now, assuming the Cowboys get the number two seed, which that would just necessitate a victory over the Washington give-ups on Sunday. I think that's okay to say. 
is there's a report coming out that maybe they're just going to not play a whole lot of their veteran yeah. players. Uh, J.P. Finlay uh, from NBC and the Sports. No, that's Michael Finley. Uh, he tweeted earlier this afternoon. Let's see. I get the vibe. A lot of Commanders veterans won't play this weekend. Now he has ninety-seven and a half million followers, so I'm going to trust him on this. Wow, one. that's a lot. Uh, How many NBC five? Ninety-seven and a half thousand. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. I was like, look, I'm uh, not like, trying to run down this is channel the Taylor five. Taylor Swift but... of news channel people. <laughs> Hold on. That is a K, not an M. Oh Corey. man. I was like, how has he not, how's this person not gone national yet? Mm -hmm, Okay, that makes still a lot. That's, no, that is definitely still a lot. lot. (laughs) All right. So, assuming this whole discussion is going to be based around Cowboys win, they get the number two seed. All right. Which means they would open up against the number seven seed in the playoffs. Who would you like to see them play? There are six, I believe, viable options. All right. Name name every option. Okay, I think Tampa, the Rams, the Packers, the Seahawks, the Saints, and the Vikings. I believe those are the six viable options. Okay. Although maybe maybe the Rams are locked in at number six because I know they're starting Carson Wentz uh this week. So there's five or six viable options. Oh okay. man, this is weird because so, I'm looking right now. The Vikings if they lose, 1% chance they make the playoffs. They have a If they win, they have an 11% chance of making the playoffs. So that's going to be tough, and that's the team <laughs> I would most want to play, actually. Yes, because they're, they're bad. I'll name another team, even though I do agree the Vikings are probably, because of their situation. Now, the one thing is, Mr. Dobbs, Dobbelina, is he their quarterback? He's hurt? He's out? He's done? And they got tired of him, too. Okay, well, maybe they would would restart him if he was healthy against the Cowboys in the playoffs because he's 1-0 against the Cowboys this year. That's all I'm throwing out there. Chris Collinsworth said he compared to Brett Favre. Yeah, Chris Collinsworth. Hey, sometimes you don't have to say negative things, but don't don't do that. (laughs) You can just say I've seen some flashes. You don't have to say. Yeah, he's had some nice plays. Yeah. Not talking about the other 96% of his plays. I'm going to go with the Saints. I think the Saints, playing Ooh. the Saints here at home. If we are going to New Orleans, okay. I wouldn't want, like, I wouldn't be as excited. But I don't think the Saints have a very good team. I think you beat the Saints by 20 points in Arlington. Okay. Not in New Orleans. So, I split this up between the three I would wa- I more likely want to play and the three I wouldn't. And the Saints are actually on my list of teams that I would okay. prefer not to play along with the Packers. That might be the team I don't want to play the most. Yeah, because it's a young, upcoming quarterback. You're not sure if he could like have a really nice game and then you're worried about. So I'm with you with the Packers. I'd love for you to explain. Not yes. that I'm I, obviously sure. we're disagreeing, sure. but I'd for love sure. to hear your I'm worried about the Saints. Okay, so for the Saints, they've won three of their last four. And in that run their defense has looked more like the defense that I think a lot of people were expecting for most of the season. They're giving up 13.8 points per game in that run. Now I realize four game sample size, but not only did they win three of those four, their defense has looked a lot better. The reason why I brought the Packers up as another don't want to face, and you talked about the young quarterback, but the Packers have won five of their last seven games in that run. 
Jordan Love, 16 touchdowns and one interception. Wow. He has been, he was the NF, NFC Offensive Player of the Week. He has been incredible in this run, so much so that I know there are plenty of people who believe, hey, the Packers have figured it out. They've got their guy going forward. Like, I don't know if that's exactly how they feel, but a lot of people in Green Bay are feeling pretty good about it. So the Packers and the Saints would be on my list okay. of teams I would I, rather not play. In a weird way, I'm not crazy about playing the Seahawks again because that game could have gone any way with 10 minutes to go in that game. Or you could even get down to five minutes to go in that game. But maybe you guys feel different about Seattle now than do, four weeks ago. But I'm going to kick it over here okay. before we go on with that one. Uh, I was just kind of looking at the Saints and Packers schedules just to kind of get an idea. And I think both are m- middling teams, as we like to say, Kevin. I think most of these teams are. I would agree. Because it's and the inconsistencies come along with they lose to New York, lose to Tampa, <clears throat> the Packers, that is. They beat Carolina. They beat... Now, beating Kansas City is weird. Like that's, but sure. Kansas City's in a weird season. They beat Detroit. Uh, they beat. They stomp Minnesota. But a lot of their games, their scores are very close. And I think that whenever you talk about you know the the scores, the blowouts and stuff like that, you don't see a lot of that from the Packers yet. But I will give you. And most of their receivers are injured. Christian Watson can't figure out his hamstring. Uh, Jaron Reed just went out. Was it a chest injury or something like that? He's a he's awesome to watch, though. But, you know, Jordan Love has come on with a lot of different uh, weapons to go up against. I still think you can – I still think the Cowboys could take them. Uh, New Orleans, their inconsistencies are weird, too. I don't – I'm looking at opponents. I'm like, how they beat Carolina and New York, lost to Atlanta and Detroit. I'm not feeling like I can't defeat that team. The one thing about New Orleans is – they do have this guy named Taysom Hill. And uh-huh. Kevin, I don't know if you know this or not, but it feels like when you throw a weird wrench at the Cowboys, they don't know how to stop it. And they're just like, we don't know what to do. But I feel like they'll plan for that. Um, so I feel like those two teams uh, would be would be interesting opponents that I would not mind playing against. Um, my my group is Vikings, the Bucks, and the Seahawks. Now, you just brought up the Seahawks is, I will point this out. You're right. That game against the Cowboys was close. However, it is also part of a string where Seattle has only won two of their last seven games. The other thing is Seattle does not run the ball efficiently. I guess when I was in Utah too, they also beat Philadelphia. And I can remember watching that going, Oh dang. Like, but to your point, Philadelphia is playing bad. They almost beat Dallas, but you did beat them. And then if you look at the other games, they're not playing very well. So, But, yeah, surrounded by all of that, they got just freaking smoked by the Ravens. They lost to the Rams. They lost to the Steelers. They did lose a couple to the 49ers, and I'm not going to penalize and them. And so all it's, their five losses are playoff teams, though, there, right? I see Pittsburgh probably won't be, but sure. they're 9-8, and eight, right? Or, sorry, 9-7. and seven. Yes, I believe that is correct for Pittsburgh. But if that's the case, then yeah. I would look back at their wins in that run. Yeah. Is they beat the Commanders, who we think are no good. They beat the there. Titans, who we think are no good. They yeah. beat the Eagles, who you just talked about. So I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I do not fear them running the ball particularly. And then for Tampa and Minnesota, they're both in the category of they're not as much of a threat to run the ball. And I think I move those teams higher up on the list. So I think the biggest dividing point for me on this was Vikings, Tampa, and Seattle. 
not as apt to run the ball, or they might have Baker Mayfield. And then the teams I want to avoid are all kind of on a roll in like terms this. of winning. Are the Falcons only eight? Uh, I feel like the Falcons are in this mix, too. Yes. Could they only okay. win the division, or could they get the seven seed? If they win, they have a 35% chance of making it. So I'm not sure exactly. And they have to play New Orleans here. So that would not New Orleans. For some reason, I feel like they need Tampa to lose to Carolina. They win their game, and I think they would go all the way to the four seed. Okay. But I'm not 100% sure about that because it's – this is weird. With one game left, there are a lot of tiebreaker scenarios in division championships and just making a wild card situation. Yeah, it's it's – for a final week. Yeah. Which, again... Besides the one seeds. I want to point out, this the NFL season does feel long now. I, I'm not asking them to go back to way, the way it was, but I do feel like there was a point this year where I was like, okay, the Cowboys have made the playoffs, and they still hadn't yet. And I was like, hold on, what? Why not? It just feels like that. And at some point, that's going to change. But you are getting what you want in the parody idea, yeah. but I don't think you're getting best football either. So at 325, obviously the Cowboys are playing, but also the Packers are playing. I'm going to be honest. I will pick the Cowboys to win by 10 or more points against all the opponents we said, except for the Packers. That's the one team that I kind of want to see play at 325 to go, hey, is this as real as some of the stuff I've seen? And I know that I shouldn't base it just on the last. Obviously, if they lose that game, they're out of the playoffs. Right. But if Chicago, who's playing pretty good football, they can't make the playoffs. But if Chicago, who's playing pretty good football, Justin Fields talking smack about uh, Green Bay, is if they go out there and they beat the Bears, it is in Green Bay. If they beat them by 14 or more points, I'm just going to go, dang. I'm going to pick the Cowboys, but I'm not going to pick like a 34 to 17 game like I will against most other opponents. And that's an interesting point that you bring up is not only the end result, but how you get to the end result. Because if the Cowboys break out to like a 30 to nothing lead over Washington, that will make me feel better. And for as well as Jordan Love's been playing, and I get that Green Bay has been playing well in general, look a little bit harder inside their schedule. What do you see? A team that lost to the Giants, mm-hmm. who are terrible. Yeah. A team that lost to the Bucks, And then a team that followed that up by eking past the god-awful Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I, they did thump the, they did thump they the did. Vikings. They did. But the Vikings have Mullins, who is a young Brett Favre, as Chris Collins would have told us. So, so from St. John's. Yeah. That's uh, not Chris Mullin. But he's playing, he's playing a lot better, Nick Mullin. Uh, the, he is, Jordan Love is playing a lot better, but there's He's a, been phenomenal there's a the lot stretch. more that that team needs to grow into, uh, to become better. But Kevin, I can't, I just can't in, I know McCarthy's not there anymore. Aaron Rodgers isn't there anymore. <laughs> but if the Packers come to Arlington and get up 21 to zero in the oh first quarter, you imagine was it 21 to zero? Cause I felt like being I at that game. It was. I remember going, I can't believe this. We're going to lose. <laughs> I am so like in this mindset of, I don't want to even see their jerseys on the field in the playoffs because that's where I am mentally. But how beautiful thing. would it be in some weird world that your path to the Super Bowl for the first time in what, like a hundred years, would be you take on the Packers, uh-huh. then somehow the Eagles, and then the 49ers. Like, you hit all of your rival teams. You hit the three major rival teams. And then you teams. get the Bills in the Super Bowl. 
Steelers. Well, the, but then you the have Bills. a contrast of interest. It could Steelers. be great if we got the Steelers in the Super Bowl. Contract. Con. Conflict. 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 Of interest. Con. What? Air, Contra. Con what? Air. What? The what game of Nintendo. Up, up, down, down. Contra left, was right, great. Left, right, I love that game. Is Bills are Bills are? Do you feel like Bills are our biggest rival? We just we destroyed them. We in played a Super them twice Bowl, in the Super Bowl. We I guess I just also thought, even though they could still miss the playoffs, it would be more likely that you would end up seeing the Bills in the Super Bowl than the Steelers. But to be fair, I I don't know that to be the case whatsoever. So I'll take the Saints, Vikings, or Falcons. Oh, those those three are my my three teams, Kevin. Okay, I would like to see the Vikings, Bucks, or Seahawks. And I know there's one particular person who thinks we're going to get murdered by the Seahawks if we play them again. Who is it, Bobby? No, no, like somebody who texts in every day who's like, "Do you know how good DK Metcalf uh, is?" He was at his best against us, and we still beat them. Yeah. Hey, Steve Largent, we've interviewed him. Oh yeah, he probably loves our show. He does the old large. That's what he's, they called uh, him. Yeah. Well, you know what? If we talk to large. him against at the Super Bowl, I want you to ask him if anyone ever called him the old large. We'll okay. look into that. All right. So there are predictions or I guess maybe preferences for the Cowboys' first-round opponent. He shows up with all these feathers on. They're like, oh, that's extra large right there. Is he in politics? He's in politics, right? He was, he was in yeah. Politics, yes. Was he Republican or? Correct. I have no clue, but yeah, I guess this has turned out to be the weird show of politics for some reason. What do you mean? I we did... never discussed politics. Well, we on just this show. voted on who we want no? to play in the first round. Okay, that's and that true. Wasn't democracy. All right. Yeah. I wanted to talk about college football. Let's do socialism on who we want to play. Oh my god! How does that work? No, Kevin just no. tells I think, us. I think you play no. everybody, and rations. there's no score. You know what? That's a good point. Me yelling no at other people is probably not a good reflection of me not supporting. All right. College football is, we talked about what a mess the rest of the bowls were, but how great the playoff was. Well, apparently, I was wrong about that in terms of viewership because people liked the terrible games as well as the good games. Really? So, for the good games, because we all agree the day of the college football playoff, the semifinals, was incredible, right? Yes. Okay. Both of them coming down to the end, except the only thing I would complain about, and it's a small complaint, is can we maybe start the first game a little bit earlier so the last game doesn't end at midnight? Same. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay, yeah. Let's start it at 3. I can see four. that. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. What? Too bad we don't have a champion, though. Those two games were played. Now we don't know who's no, going to win. You still get another game on Monday between the There's two another undefeated. college football yes, game? Between the two undefeated teams. Now, Washington and Texas drew 18.4 million viewers. That was the fourth highest Sugar Bowl audience in 20 years. Michigan and Alabama, 27.2 million viewers. The highest semifinal since the very first year they did this one of the top 10 cable broadcasts of all time. And so the average for the two games is the best since 2018. Dang. I'm really happy you didn't say the scores of those games. I you been specifically so avoided that. The 37-31, you'd be like, we went into the no, future? No. We're a thousand years that one's future. fine. The other game, was it 20, 2021? 20 to 27? 20, 20, 20-27? <laughs> If you would have said the 2027 game between Alabama and Michigan, we would think you might be talking about three years from now. Right. And we'd be like, 
there hasn't this hasn't even happened. You're not even sure if they're on the schedule. I know they plan out future games, but this okay. seems weird. Alec, I need to ask you a quick question because this will help decipher some of my actions going forward. If something like that were to happen and I were to flip out and like rip this computer screen off its tower and just start smashing it into the thing, would you go to break? Carter, would you cut off the video feed or would you guys just leave that running still? Uh, I think I'd just go ahead and take over and be like, hey, it's the KNC Masterpiece here on 105.3 The Fan, and I have no idea what to do. I, I, here's my suggestion. Here's, we're going to live coverage of Kevin losing his ever-loving mind because the, of Corey and Mike. The best. Yeah, I just turn around and tell Carter to zoom in. Yeah, That's zoom in on I Kevin do. right now. Follow Alec, him. Don't the, leave him. The best thing to do when Kevin gets really upset is to say, I don't really have an opinion on Henry Ruggs. Little <laughs> <laughs> Lord. If you, listen, if you are like, I don't know what he's talking about because you're a new listener, we, thank you for being here. Uh, there was a time when Kevin, Mike and I, uh, were all not on the same page. And... Kevin was mad about it and threw his headphones and they shattered and the Tolos yeah, loved they did. it. The Tolos loved it. We auctioned them off for charity. I, I was pissed. Yeah. And like uh, we went to break like two or three minutes early and I don't think Reggie was ready for that. And I was like, coming up next. And I shot and just spiked my headphones on the table and they exploded. And then when I talked with Talking Doctor later... He said that maybe it was not about the Raiders and Henry Ruggs. It was about all the other things that were happening in my life at the moment. With Well, we're glad you're here, buddy. Yeah. You all do right. a really good job. Thanks, man. The other thing I was going to tell you is Georgia's 60-point win in the Orange Bowl. It was watched by 10.4 million people, the largest for a bowl game, not including the playoffs, in six years. Of course it was. It was a, it was a blowout, because of, But it's because of the controversy surrounding it. Everybody wanted to see, see how Florida State what was do. going to happen. And I'm surprised that it stayed that, considering how much of a blowout it was. Me too. And then the Cotton Bowl, 9.7 million viewers. Highest for that game when it wasn't in the playoff in 10 years. What were the Alamo Bowl uh, stats, Kevin? Were I, they the best ever, too? I don't have that information. I'll have to look it oh, up. Oh, man. So do you think next time I should remember the Alamo? Is that what you're getting at? You figured me out. Right now, it's time for some Mike Likes It. That's clever. I think that happened in 1492. 877-881-1053. <sighs> For the people that texted in yesterday and said, I'm still surprised by Mike's lack of understanding of science. What are your thoughts on his history? I want to test that. What year do you think the Battle of the Alamo took place? 42. 42 what? No, I think it was it was in the 1800s. <laughs> that is true. I think it was closer to middle 1800s. Hold uh, on. Are you trying to help him? <laughs> I don't. You were really close with uh, 42. Oh, 1842. Yeah, I mean, you were close, but... 1836, 1836, right? yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Go At what point do you think Davy Crockett was like, I shouldn't have come down here? <laughs> See, that's... <laughs> that's what I think of, Mike. If we were soldiers together, like, specifically in the Alamo, everyone's like, let's do this for us. Let's do this for Texas! And Mike's like... We're all gonna die. <laughs> He's just sitting there. So I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna go yeah. fight, right. but I just know what the outcome's gonna I be. I want to tie the last thing Kevin talked about about sports to the Dallas Cowboys, and Mike likes it right now. Okay. So I'm sorry, I don't know the um, 
if they're juniors or seniors. I don't follow college football tremendously well. But it seemed like you had two good running backs in the Alabama-Michigan game. That seems to be a major weakness in the future of the Dallas Cowboys. I was looking at I was looking at Tankathon's mock draft. Okay, yeah. They do not have a running back going in the first round of this draft. Now that can change. I'm not saying it's a perfect mock draft. I'm sure you could go to uh, you know, Dane Brugler on the athletic, whoever you want to go to, yeah. and maybe there is a running back that is considered a first round draft pick. I'm not saying the Cowboys should with the you're hoping 32nd pick, but if they make it to a conference championship, they will have one of the four last picks in the first round. I'm wondering, is there somebody that you've watched in college football this year that you think that guy would really help out the Cowboys run game next year? Go Travion Henderson. Is the kid Blake Corum for Michigan? Is he eligible to be drafted? We seem to like Michigan players lately. Yeah. Well, do you think that the impact that those Michigan players have actually, I mean, he's, he's available. I think he's a senior, right? Okay. He's also very short. I don't know wow. what his. Wow. Sorry, he just is. Are I, you saying because of his size, he can't play in the NFL? No, not saying that at all. I just didn't know if that would make a difference when it comes to his draft stock. So I, I'm not sure what his draft projections are. Okay. But yeah, no, he's available for sure. Okay, so I was just wondering if, you know, the big time college football fans. If you guys want to text in with maybe a few other names, I'm seeing here Raheem Sanders of Arkansas. Obviously, there's going to be a connection there with the Jones family that they're going to have all the information possible uh, on a guy like Raheem Sanders. He's a junior. I don't know if he's declared for the draft yet or anything like that, but I was just watching these two semifinal games. I'm going to be honest. I do not care about the practice bowls. Okay. So I don't watch them. I don't care about them. Didn't care at all about Missouri and Ohio State. I probably watched three plays and said, that's enough. I'm bored. So I don't really watch meaningless college football games. I did watch the two champion or semifinal games. And I thought the Alabama running back and the Michigan running back were good running backs. And I was just wondering how much could they help if the Cowboys drafted those guys? They're, the Cowboys are going to need help at some point uh i don't can they can they say we can just get a free agent and that's going to carry us or will they turn to the idea that look you know having the ability to throw with Dak and cd is all we really need i mean just look at aaron jones all the running backs that green bay had while mike mccarthy was there that's why i'm not not, i don't think they take it seriously i really i just don't um but i i also have not paid too much attention yet Okay. It's, it's about that time it, for me to start doing that. It was just a thought watching those games, and then you brought that up again, and I was like, wait a second. I remember watching the Michigan-Alabama game thinking, could these guys help out the Cowboys next year? And then I don't know where they're projected in the draft and all of that stuff. Yeah. I know it's early, so we're probably asking way too early of a question uh, there. Travion Henderson, Will Shipley, depending on where you want to go in the draft. And I, I already see people not in the first round, so we're not saying that yeah. as so, potential running backs. Bopping pro football focus, if you looked at their, their group, have they, have, uh, they have Jonathan Brooks, number one, out of Texas. Uh, they have He Bla- fumbles a lot. Blake I don't Corum. know who he is. I know that kid Blue fumbled 73 times during the night. Game. They have Blake Corum, uh, number two, out of Michigan. Okay. They have Trey Benson out of Florida State, and then Donovan Edwards from Michigan as well. 
and okay. Bucky Irving from Oregon. So the, that's the three. That's kind the top five, five they have. Five guys that are draftable uh, yeah. running backs. Okay, so now I'm going to go back a little bit further. At noon, we were talking Texas Rangers. Okay. And you mentioned in Evan Grant's article the possibility of if Corey Seager stays healthy, he has a legitimate chance of winning MVP because there's no more Shohei Otani right. in the American League. And even if he was, he's not pitching this year, so he'd have to win Even it on playing field. Merits yeah. of hitting, and he doesn't play defense. So I do think winning uh, an MVP as a designated hitter is pretty impossible. You would have to have the Aaron Judge 2000 and... 22 season and you'd still run into the issue of what if a dude is really close to you and actually plays defense you know that's that's gonna be a deciding factor well this is predicting the major award winners for 2024 from mlb.com they have the most valuable player of 2024 they have it being juan soto of the new york yankees and I don't think that's a bad pick. He's been a healthy player throughout his career. Now, it's going to be interesting if they bat him behind Aaron Judge or in front of Aaron Judge. And so that's going to be interesting on how they put their lineup together. But I do think that's a major competition. If you're looking at Corey Seager, who finished second, and you're thinking he could win MVP, hey, I think he can too. Yeah. But there's also a new contender in the American League, and they're predicting Aaron – sorry, they're predicting Juan Soto goes to the New York Yankees and ends up winning the MVP. Do you like – I know this is a weird question because of the contracts involved and everything. Would you rather have Corey Seager than Juan Soto? For this team right now, yes, there's no need for outfielders. But who do I think's a better overall hitter? Yeah. I think right now it's Corey Seager. I'm going to assume this because of Corey Seager's somewhat injury history throughout his lifetime. I think the accumulation of stats are going to have very similar stats when it comes to overall, let's say, batting average and OPS. On base percentage, we'll always go to Juan Soto because he draws a zillion walks a year. And I do think Juan Soto, because he came into the league at 19 years old, and I know Seager was 21, I believe, with right. the Dodgers. I think Juan Soto has a chance to be a 3,500 guy, which there's only seven in the history of baseball. That's a lot to put on somebody, but I think overall, at the end of their careers, I think Juan Soto, Soto will be valued more but I do think right now, today, 2024, I would rather have Corey Seager, especially for this team. I have zero clue. I really don't have a single clue how teammates respond to Soto. But I saw firsthand how teammates respond to Seager. And the way he's so even keel all season yeah. and then does something special, the whole team responded whenever he does something special and he shows emotion. To your point, I like what you're saying. The, I'm not disagreeing with you, but it was in a crazy way, at 19 years yes. old, he led a team to a championship. Now, there are other very good players on the Washington Nationals when yep. they won. Don't get me wrong. But he had a major role at 19 years old with uh, the Nationals winning the championship. They have Bryce Harper of the Phillies. They're picking him to win the MVP. No. Um, I know that you don't like that. But let me get to the one that I think is interesting because you mentioned it. They actually have... The rookie of the year in the American League, MLB.com, is predicting Wyatt Lankford will win the rookie of the year. Wow. And it Would actually you be surprised by that given just how I much would. we've already seen from Evan Carter. And that's what it says. It says there are safer selections to be made here. Heck, this even this 
isn't even the safest rookie pick on the Rangers, given that outfielder Evan Carter posted a 1.6 B war in only 23 games in 23, and in the re- that was in the regular season. And then in October, uh, he was unbelievable. So it says here uh, he he's picking Wyatt Langford, but he's like, I'm going a little bit out on a limb here because yeah. probably the safer pick would be to pick Evan Carter, the outfielder that you know is starting the year on the Texas Rangers. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's got to be pretty rare that you pick a rookie right. of the year and say, but he's not even the top choice from his team, maybe. Not on their roster yet. I know we're getting to the That's C block true. here in a second. I just want to remind people if you're like, wait, I'm, I'm more of a football person. We get a lot of football listeners during this time here. Thank you so much. This is what Wyatt Lankford did last year after being drafted fourth overall from the Florida Gators to the Texas Rangers in very limited time in the minor leagues. 44 games last year in the minor leagues. He had a 360 batting average with 10 homers, 17 doubles, 12 stolen bases. That's in 200 plate appearances. So if you look at it, every 20 at-bats, he hit a home run, and almost you get to – it's a little bit more than this, but every 10 at-bats, he hit a double. Wow. It was unbelievable what he was able to do. You think he's going to make it, Corey? They did pick Paul Skeens, the number one overall pick, uh, to be the rookie of the year for the Pirates in the National League. I don't know, man. Based on what I know about the minor league system, it might be four or five years before we ever see that kid. In a lot of cases, yes. Not this time. Okay. 